What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stefan Five Podcast. Well, I document my journey to becoming a multimillionaire. All right, the title of this podcast will be Worst Day Ever. I quite possibly could have had my worst day of my entire life yesterday. It's hard to say. It's hard to say that definitively just because wherever we are in life, we just, we seem to think that that's life and we forget how bad things used to be or how good things used to be. We just kind of feel like that's the way it's always going to be. I've had some bad days, but I'll never forget yesterday. It was terrible. And I guess it started off by when I walked into the shop and this didn't, it wasn't bad, whatever. I'll just keep talking. I'm sorry. Uh, I walked into the shop and Dennis says, I got some feedback for you. He said, a couple months ago, I was, you know, promoting your three-step decontamination process, you know, to kill off COVID. And uh, somebody said that they just, they didn't like the name Smells Like New or something. And then just yesterday, someone else, I had left a flyer when I dropped off the hydroxyl blaster and they called and said, I just can't trust a company called Smells Like New. So that was not a blow at all. It, I mean, maybe slightly because it's just like, oh, God, I just built everything around that name. And it does mean a lot to me, even more so and now because I just heard last night. I'm surprised. I'm ashamed. I don't know this, but God breathed the breath of life into man through his nose. That's how he created Adam. He breathe through his nose and that's the first sense that we have the sense of smell i know it's our strongest but it's 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 the most keen it gives us it gives us discernment and when you're operating in the spirit you can <laughs> it's like alex jones says i smell sulfur like that's real like spiritual people say that when they cast out devils and stuff it's a, there's a sulfur smell, and if I've I've smelt it, as a matter of fact, and uh, and then there's a smell from heaven when you're you know when you're around healings and things or whatever. But you know I don't want to get too fluffy here, but I mean that's just real. I believe that stuff. So uh, the sense of smell is very important to me, and so the name whatever though. I mean I am unemotional about success, and you have to be. You can't be like oh no, this is how it's going to be, and I'm going to make this work. Like two plus two does not equal five. It just doesn't. So when you have to be able to take feedback and adjust and go forward. So that's fine because I already decided to change the name of the podcast. And it's like, okay, so maybe that's what God is speaking. But whatever, it's a bunch of work and like, uh, you know, so it's a little bit of a, uh. Then find out Little Caesars had a breakout. Uh, and that actually went halfway decent. So I just Googled it, called them. And they're like, oh, no, you need to talk to Shannon. So I called Shannon. They got the, gave me the number and she's the general manager. And she was decently receptive. I think I pushed a little hard about getting a meeting set up. Uh, but whatever. She told me to email her and I did. She didn't email me back, which kind of sucks, but whatever. So who knows? Maybe we'll get in there with the active peer. Uh, but we had filters. So I got on the phone and started calling for filters. And it's just like my my mind just started going chaos. Like, oh, like the, all the sheets I got and you know, taking notes and people not answering and, you know, who's who, who did I do already? So I somewhat got it organized. And, uh, so now I got this guy, I think I've talked about him in the podcast before Ramirez. 
oh, he's just a pain. He's actually a really nice guy. But when you know what kind of guy he is, he's just the most just manipulative and he doesn't even know it he's got himself convinced that he's a decent dude the worst (laughs) but anyway so i want to have my ducks in a row and understand because his account has two different names on it i guess he's married to jennifer ford because whatever so he buy he bought a bulb and a honeycomb matrix that's all he's ever bought for his units. And he bought his units in 2017, whatever. And uh, that's all he's ever bought for him. And he hasn't re- replaced any filters. But the, the, the replacement bulb in Matrix is uh, it's under his name. And then the, the units are under her name. That's actually not true. It's the other way around. But that's really not relevant. So I'm trying to get it all straight. I don't know how they are mixed up. So I go to the front and I ask and that just started. Oh man. And so then I'm just like, I lost the sheets. I guess I actually didn't. I had them back there actually when I went, when I went back, but, and Dennis just started telling me, Oh, you got to say this. You got to say, you know, you don't do this. You don't do that. You just go there. And then you want to watch, see the other filters and, and all that. And, I just, that, my idea, my plan was to just at least know. Well, actually, my plan was to tell him, yep, you've got this many units. The computer says you're due. And if you don't want the maintenance, that's fine. But this is the maintenance. Take it or leave it. Because if I go change a bulb, it's the most work for the less amount of money. And I just wanted to kind of play hardball with the guy. That was my plan. But Dennis says, no, get in there, change the bulb, and then be like, okay, let's take a look at all your other stuff and then show them how bad the filter is and then, you know, kind of upsell them from there. And I, one time I went in and did that. I didn't do that. I just went in and I changed everything. The guy let me, and when I gave him the bill, it was too high. So that's uh, that's obviously not the same. It's not a complete parallel, but that's what's in my mind. And I don't, I know this guy's a, you know, he's sneaky. So I want to get it. I want my end of the deal to seem honest that I'm not trying to sneak on him because it's like, right, two wrongs don't make a right. I don't, whatever. But that's all just the way I'm processing it, but I'm operating from a place of scarcity. So I'm just like all over the place. And Dennis is telling me, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. But that's just what people do, right? I mean, that's what human beings do. They look at other people and identify where they're doing it wrong. And the thing is, when someone like Dennis says you're doing it wrong, you probably are. The dude is an absolute genius. But there's more than one way to do things as well. And when you're operating from a position of scarcity, it's like, okay, whatever. So anyway, I finally get the papers. Uh, Alicia prints them off for me, gives them to me. I go back and I'm like, okay, so I got this and I've got two schedules in orange that I got to go replace a bulb and then a, a, bulb, and a fil- bulb and two filters at another place. And, uh, and I go back to my desk and I cannot find the sheets that I have scheduled. I can't remember their names. I got nothing. I literally almost had a nervous breakdown. I was like, where in the world are they? Well, I found them. I don't know how long it took. They were out front or whatever, right on the whatever. So thank God for that. So I leave and I'm in such bad shape. 
I literally have to pull over. I cannot keep myself together. I can't even drive. I'm just... Just because I... Yeah, I don't... It's money. It's scarcity. It's scarcity because I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. And uh, I had a deal. I had a deal. 700 bucks for the decontamination process and then potential upsale to active peer at the Main Street Medical. Well, that fell through. And then supposed a deal at the title company. Well, that fell through. And now I've got a couple filter changes that I'll get paid next week on. <laughs> like, it's hardly anything anyway. You know, it's like... So it's just like, what do you do? You know, so I was just in, just in tough, tough, tough situation. So I get, and I'm driving, and uh, I'm at a stoplight, and I'm and I'm looking at the stoplight, and it's blurry, and I'm not one to get emotional. I just don't do it because it doesn't. But literally, like my eyes are tearing up, and the because of you know the water in my eyes or whatever the spot the stoplight is like blurry because of it and I'm just like wow and it made me think of Jesus on the cross my God my God why have thou forsaken me so I mean that's real that's in there you know and I guess there's just times and I just looked at it like as if you know when you're really called of God there's times in your life where you're gonna have to feel forsaken it's just part of it I guess to accomplish anything great, it's just part of it. I mean, that's one way to look at it. And then also another way to look at it is like Jesus, it was all prophesied, everything that would happen. Like you should have known what was going to happen. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to be buried and then he's going to rise again. And he's going to send like that was all been prophesied through the prophets in the law. Like it, they should have known if they were true Bible scholars, like they thought they were. And Jesus told them what was going to happen. And then that happened and everybody was so upset, had a bad attitude when he died, you know, when they crucified him and put him, put him away. And even Jesus had a bad attitude, you know, and so to speak, you know, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? It's like, he basically, it's like everything must be stripped of you. But then three days later is the big miracle. So it's like, that's the one thing I'm just like, okay, God, there's a big miracle coming, you know? I just have to believe that, but it's hard to believe that because it's been so long, you know, I've been working on it so long and I've kind of told myself that before. And I mean, God has definitely sustained me. I mean, I'm still here, you know, it's not like I'm hungry. I mean, I'm out of groceries, but it's not like I, it's not like I can't eat. Like there's literally a thousand people I could call and they'd give me food, but I never would though. That's the thing. But anyway, what a sappy podcast, but anyway, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Anyway, I pull myself together. I go to Orange, and the lady I changed the bulb for, it was it was pretty awesome, actually. She come and told me her whole God story. Oh, she spoke in tongues and everything. Took her three hours to repent, and like they were trying to shut the church down. They're like, oh, God's forgiving you. I never told her nothing about God that I, that I even believed, you know? I mean, or maybe I did. I don't, I don't know, but I don't do that like I used to. I think when we first get the Holy Ghost, we're like, oh, we have to tell everybody everything we know about God. And it's like, dude, no one wants to hear what you think about God. 
<laughs> that just makes them feel judged or, you know, or makes you look, you know, you got to let them kind of do it. So maybe in passing, I mean, it is part of my identity, obviously. So maybe she knew. I kind of think she didn't, though. I don't think I mentioned a word. So she told me her old God story and it was awesome. And I was like, well, you know, it's like you just realized God is like, okay, like no matter how bad things are, like she obviously feels something from me where she can kind of let that out. You know, I, I sparked an excitement in her with her relationship with God and that's just never a bad thing. So, so hallelujah for that. But anyway, she leaves cause her dad's got dementia. So she's like, Oh, I gotta go. Cause you know, he's walking down the street or whatever. So she leaves and then, and then I'm done. And then I call her and I want to sell her a mobile unit. And I think she's going to buy one. I told her about it. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, show my husband or whatever. So I go show him and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I probably could have sold it to him if I had to, if I had done it right. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, she said, show it to him. So I didn't think much of it. I showed it to him and he, he wasn't interested. Super nice guy though. I mean, whatever. So I didn't get that upsell, which is hardly anything, but it's still, it's something anyway, but I only got one on me. So I'm like, whatever, I'm going to another place. And this lady is sweet as gold. So she'll certainly buy one. So then I leave and I go to the next place and, uh, she is sweet too. Demanded a hug when I got there. I'd never met her before. 80 years old. She's 79. She's going to be 80. And uh, her her uh, machine was the cleanest one I've ever seen. She takes such good care of it. But I swapped it all out. I got the filter changed and the bulb and I cleaned it all out for her even better, you know, because I got the vacuum thing and and uh, and swapped the filter on the on the Angel as well and cleaned that too. And so but she didn't want the mobile unit either. She's like, I, she thinks that the coronavirus is a complete hoax. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. She is, it was, she was just a cool lady. I mean, boy, she loves God too. I'll tell you what. Her, she goes to the church, same church she's always went to her whole life. She rode out Hurricane Laura. Anyone that hears this podcast, if someone happens to hear this podcast that is not around from around here in southeast texas look up hurricane laura devastation to orange texas <laughs> and picture an 80 year old woman riding out that storm it's like almost unbelievable but i mean i don't think she's lying to me so anyway so that was kind of neat but she didn't buy the mobile unit and i was like whatever so i'm like all right i'm gonna I'm going to get this Jay Ramirez. Oh, yeah, no. When I stopped I on the road, or when I stopped, when I left the shop, I called Jay, and I'm like, what's up, dude? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing it the way Dennis told me to do it. But he can't meet me right then. So then he's like, call me when you're on your way back from Orange. So now... That's why I messed up. That's why I didn't do it the way Dennis told me to. Because it's like I lost my train of thought. Like I called him right away to make sure I do it the right way. But didn't go down like that. So on my way back, I call him. He don't answer. Then he calls me back when I finally get back to Beaumont. And I'm like, okay. Well, I got church tonight. So it's like I can't. I did tell him six. You know, if I could leave Beaumont by six, I could be to church by seven you know if i if at the you know but whatever so he can maybe meet me at five and oh no let's let me let me call my wife and see what we can do blah 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 and he calls me back and and then he calls me back and 
and then I, I, I felt like I was accomplishing something because talking about the money, when you're in a position of scarcity, when the subject of money comes up, your demeanor changes, you become a victim and then you, you repel the money. And you have to just take the bull by the horns and be like, listen, I'm not scared of it. This is the way it is. And that's, that's what happened in that instance. I almost was like, yeah, yeah, fine. And I was just going to go and do the bulb and then, you know, mention it or whatever. And it's just like something hit me. And I'm like, listen, how many bulbs, how many machines you got? My records say three and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And my records show they all need updated. And he, and he, I mean, I don't know, man, he was going to do it. And then when I told him that it was a hundred dollars a piece, I was kind of a jerk about it. I was, I was like, yeah. And I just said it as a matter of fact. So it's going to be like 500 bucks with tax. <laughs> I just straight up told him that he's like, Oh, what? I'm like, yeah, well, I got them all day. People are happy. People are happy to have me come update their machine. That's legitimately proven to kill COVID and every other virus and mold and pathogen and allergen and all that like they're happy that i'm showing up with this proprietary scarce product that it's a scarce product like it is like this order of all these filters and bulbs just came in and people are happy to have me come update their machine so i told him that i didn't go into much wording he's like well no i'm sure you are blah 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 and then he went into the whole spiel about oh it's like a timeshare they didn't tell me about all this and blah 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 and you know, like he got lied to, you know, and I didn't, I didn't push back and tell him, no, they're honest, you know, cause you just don't, you know, people, they want to believe something, let them believe it, whatever. I know it's not true. I know it's not true. It comes up. It never doesn't come up. The cost of the filters. There's nobody in the world after they get shown the filter that they ask how much it costs. It's never happened. So the dude is just a, he's a liar, but he's got himself convinced that he's telling the truth. But anyway, so I do that, and then he calls me back, and he's like, and he's really, I mean, he's slick, man. And this is where I kind of messed up. He's like, it's it's right after Christmas. I just can't take an unexpected hit like that. Can we just do the bulb? And I said, yeah, I can't say no. I should have been like, screw you, dude. <laughs> I should have been like, you're a manipulative monster. How about No. How about no, you're not even allowed to buy anything from Eris ever again. <laughs> I wouldn't even have the power to do that, but that's probably what I should have said. But whatever. I was like, sure, sure, I'll come change your bulb for nothing. I mean, I didn't say that, but I said, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, but whatever. So I did that. I'm just like, what? I don't even think too much about it. I'm like, whatever. This guy's a f whatever he is. But anyway, so I'm on my way back to Vider. Been fasting all day because it's Wednesday. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to cook some food. So I got food after church because I'm starving. Healthy food too because the day before I ate McDonald's. I'm not going to get into that whole story, but they don't have one thing healthy got a gift card oh, i'm gonna go into the story i guess i got a gift card and i go through the drive-thru and i'm like i'll just get a salad like i used to have good salads here like they got these like southwest it was a southwest salad whatever chicken salad. it's been years since i've had one but they're good man i mean 
And I got these gift cards. So it's like, I'm going to use it. They don't have no salads. They got everything there is just complete poison. It, oh, it tastes good, though. <laughs> so I still got something. It was a chicken sandwich instead of a burger. But, oh, God, it was good. But, you know, whatever. So, anyway, the last thing I ate was that poison. So I was like, okay, I need to eat some healthy food. And, oh, God, I just totally went off. I squirrel, right? Who cares about what I'm cooking? Anyway, so I'm driving back to Beaumont or to Vider from Beaumont. And I call Lindsay. Now, this podcast may not have the context of who Lindsay is. I don't talk to Lindsay very often, but she's pretty important to me because I would not be alive if it wasn't for her obeying the voice of God. So Lindsay is my cousin. She's five years younger than me. She got the... Whatever. She got the Holy Ghost and she heard that God did miracles. And so she asked Pastor Tim, how do I experience these miracles and everything else? And he said, it's fine. Well, I don't know. This is... Maybe she can confirm or deny, but this is the way I tell the story. That he told her that, oh, well, you pray about it, and then God tells you what to do, and then if you do it, then you see miracles. And then, so that's what she did. She prayed, God, tell me what to do, tell me what to do, tell me what to do. So she started having dreams about me, calling her, saying, oh, I'm in bad shape, I'm a heroin addict, and I need your help. And uh, <laughs> so she didn't even think that that was like God. She just thought it was weird. So she had a few of them, and then she was talking to my cousin Amanda. And Amanda's like, yeah, he is a heroin addict. <laughs> he definitely needs help. So she's like, oh, God, what's up? So anyway, so then Pastor Tim's like, well, you better do something. You know, you asked for this. So against the advice of everybody else that knew how dangerous I was, which I don't think I was dangerous, but I was I was a heroin addict. So I guess that in, in and of itself, by definition, is somewhat dangerous. So against the advice of everybody besides Pastor Tim, she did. She reached out. And uh, I think God had to push on her a little. She told me, I'm, I may be telling this story wrong, but she told me she was driving down the highway and her car completely quit and it wouldn't start. And she knew that God was telling her to reach out to me. <laughs> She's like, God, I don't even have his number. And then the car wouldn't start. I hope this is true. I'm pretty sure this is the way the, the story went down. But, uh, and then, so she called my dad, got my number, called me and left a message and then her car started and she drove off. And that was the first message I got from her. And I was, whatever, I'm taking this story way too long. But anyway, I was in Nevada and on a pipeline job and I was in bad shape, whatever. So it's like two years later, she finally finds me, her and Amanda come. I'm all strung out. I'm like 150 pounds soaking wet. Strung out, ain't slept in like a month. Like no joke, probably been at least 20 days since I'd slept and whatever so she prayed for me and that started the journey a year later i got the holy ghost and now i live for god i don't do drugs anymore so hallelujah right and uh oh god there's people coming here oh and i'm in the middle of this podcast (laughs) and i gotta pretend like i'm on the phone because i can't i gotta get through this but uh yeah, um, oh man, what a, ugh. okay, hopefully it's all still recording, I don't have the best service in here, anyway, so I called Lindsay, so yeah, so like basically the reason I'm alive is because of Lindsay, so it's like, and I don't even talk to her that much, but you know, when things get that bad, so to speak, then I call Lindsay, I'm being distracted right now. 
because there's a guy in my driveway that told me I need to clean out his shed because they're doing all this. So that's just everything coming around. And I, today's like my limit. I'm going to do it today, but... So now he probably wants to talk to me, but I'm doing this. Ugh! Worst day ever. <laughs> Two days long. <laughs> anyway, okay. Where am I here? Anyway, so I called Lindsay. So that's like basically like, God, like that's all like, oh God, I just, I need to talk to somebody. So I called Lindsay and, and uh, yeah, so Lindsay reminds me of how miserable it is back home. <laughs> the whole world is just a miserable place. But she is not a Debbie Downer at all. She's just an incredible human being. Like just a very neutral She's got a way of just letting things be and not trying to get in the flow of recognition or significance. And that's, that's a good quality to have amongst her, everybody in her life. And she has been through it too. So anyway, it was a good conversation. I feel like we should probably, you know, keep more contact than we do, but just get busy, right? So anyway, but she asked me, how I was doing with my dad, because my dad died like five years ago, whatever, four years ago, whatever, 2016, I guess. And I'm just like, ah, I'm over it, I guess, you know, I was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just so upset about everything that's going on. It's like, I don't even know. I mean, I guess I'm over it. So anyway, as I'm talking to her, Dennis calls me and asks me how it went with Ramirez. And I just proceed to tell him about the second encounter I had with him on the phone. And then it's like, I'm basically telling him, yeah, I, I heard what you said, but I'm totally defying your uh, advice. <laughs> uh, so that just totally sucked. And so then he was frustrated, but he's it's still really nice to me. He's like, yeah, whatever, you know, that's fine. And then he's like, screw him, we're going to, tell him if he has to come in and this and that so it's like so then he jumps on my side and I don't really I'm not looking for people to be on my side I'm looking to do the right thing you know not in the sense of like oh I want to be nice to people that is not what I'm saying if I need to be a straight up savage I'm willing to but what's the right thing to do for the business right that's what I want to do it just is and Knee-jerk responses aren't necessarily the right thing. In this situation, that's not a bad decision to make because it's like it is a complete – it's just a complete suck of time. Like it, it, you don't even break even probably on the gas money because it's like $6 is what I make to go change it in the time. It takes an hour, you know. It takes an hour. I can probably do it in 10 minutes, to be honest, if I got the machine in front of me. But by the time you load up and go do it all, you know, it takes an hour, depending on where it is, too. So anyway. Oh, yeah, so there's that. I mean, he's cool, though. Like, and I'm really at the edge of, like, thinking that Dennis has just had enough of me. Like, I'm just too scatterbrained and, and spastic and neurotic that he's just going to be like, dude, I can't take having you around anymore and it's like so there's always that looming because that could happen like there's nothing he doesn't have to give me this opportunity to sell the best technology in the world <laughs> it, 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 around sanitation like he, he don't have to do that like he could tell me to get lost so he hasn't done that yet and it's like he's probably I don't know I feel like maybe he's on the verge of doing that because I mean I'm such a mess but anyway 
So there's that. And then I go to church. Before I go to church, actually, I see on Facebook, because I'm an addict and I look at Facebook, I think looking at Facebook as a consumer is an addiction. I think it's a very, I've never actually said this out loud, but I actually believe that it's a, it's a very debilitating addiction. It, I mean, you name it. Whether it's sugar or crack cocaine or Facebook, it is, it sucks you of joy. I think it pulls dopamine from your receptors. It's proven. It's proven. It, it dulls down the dopamine receptors. So you need more and more, whatever. So wow, now that I've said that out loud on recording, I'm, I'm going to really have to hold my feet to the fire. But anyway, I see on Facebook that Bishop's preaching, Bishop Edwards, Bobby Edwards. So that's the pastor of Eastgate for 35 years or whatever before Pastor Tuttle came in. And uh, so he, uh, uh, I, and I instantly got a feeling like, wow, you know, when he preaches, because it's not very often, I typically, it really, it really speaks to me. So I'm like, okay, well, God's going to speak to me. Which, I mean, hey, no matter how much hell you're going through, if the creator of the universe is in direct communication with you, I mean, really, what more could you ask for? Like, ultimately, that's everything you could ever want in life because there's no amount of money or any connect, anything in the world that even remotely comes close to communicating with the divine. Like, I mean, I believe that objectively, but it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to live that as if you believe it because it's like, well, you know, but I just, I do know that God's communicating with me. So I get a little relief there. So anyway, go to church. And, uh, the one thing I got out of it was, uh, Man, he was talking about Job. <laughs> yeah, right. So anybody that knows any Bible, Job is, uh, he went through it. Job went through it. And, uh, and then he taught, he read the scripture that I may know him through the power of the resurrection. Of course, that's the biggest miracle ever, right? And the fellowship of his suffering. And I was just like, oh, my word. And the fellowship of his suffering. So it's like, I say I want to know God. I say I want to know God. I say I want to know God. You know, because that's what Christians do, right? They say they want to know God. Or they claim that they do know God. Well, how you really get to know him is through suffering. <laughs> what a dismal path, right? I don't know. I don't know. So I don't, I mean, I, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's almost an honor. It's an honor to suffer. And that's what the, that's what the apostles said. Like they were, like they were, they were martyred and they said it's an honor to suffer for his name. But I, I don't feel like I'm suffering for his name though. I feel like I'm suffering trying to carry out some childish little vision that I have, you know? And sometimes I feel like, no, I'm the man. Like, I'm the slickest dude I ever come across. And it's like, I've got a real vision and I'm going to help better the world through this vision that was given to me by God. But then when things don't work out, it's like, man, I, I just, you, you know, you don't feel that. So I don't know. What's true? What's true? Do I just need to face reality and go get a job? <laughs> Well, I can tell you right now, that ain't going to happen. Uh, 
just because I don't think there's going to be any jobs, you know, like civil wars coming, the end of the world. I mean, get real, like read the Bible, people. I need to be positioned as a positioned as a something. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but I feel like God has called me to position myself to where I can actually have a voice and, 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 and administer change and a way out, you know, a hope. Give me a hope. Oh, man, I got to clean that shed out. Maybe I should do that first thing. <laughs> I think that's... Oh, yeah, nope, I got one more thing. So I get back home after church, and I was like, okay, you know, this is all, God knows where I'm at, so whatever, you know. I mean, even though I kind of feel like I'm like, God, okay, I'm not tough enough for this. I'm just not, like, I feel like I'm so, I'm so tough, uh, you know, and I think that sometimes, and then you get to the point, it's like, no, I guess I'm not. I guess I'm just a wuss. I can't take it anymore. Please, please stop, like, Give me some relief, please. Like, that's just, you know, and that's kind of how I am. But at the same time, it's like, well, God knows. So maybe I'm tougher than I think. I don't know. But anyway, I get home. <laughs> this is funny. I don't know. I don't know if it's funny. And uh, I'm on Facebook again because I'm an addict, right? And uh, my sister shared a memory. <sighs> it's the anniversary, or it was yesterday, of my dad dying. And I didn't even know that all day. And then when my <laughs> cousin Lindsay asked me how I was doing about my dad dying, I told her I was over it. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm not over it. <laughs> there, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, it depends how what you mean by over it. But no, I don't. You don't get over that. You don't. And I don't know. And I really do think that day, you know, God set it up. You know, the, the years are 365 days. And man, you can go into the Bible. You know, there's seven days in a week and the gematria and the, the, the meanings of numbers and days and the, the cycles and the routines and the darkest time of year. This is the darkest time of the year with which the hero emerges, you know. And it is. It's Christmas time, right? More or less. And it... it it just plays into the whole structure of being and it but the fact that it was that anniversary of that day and I didn't know it and it was like the worst day ever it's like good lord like there's stuff going on that I can't quite articulate I can't even fathom I don't know what it is but there's there's stuff going on and we're going to start a civil war here on the 6th so <laughs> I don't know I don't know I don't know but here's the thing I do feel that God has called me to bring peace and bring peace, bring, 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 bring uh, order to chaos, so to speak. You know, when things are crazy, I do have the tendency of bringing a, a, a sense like people look to me and then they feel, they feel some bit of security or hope. I don't know. It's crazy because I'm so neurotic inside, but, but I do, I have that. Like I, I, I have that. So it's like, when things really, really, really get bad, you need a data pool, a track record to, to look back on. Like, oh yeah, well, what about that one time? Everything looked like it was falling apart and nothing good was going to happen. And then it did. 
So it's just, I'm going that low so that the miracle that comes, then I can, I can reference that when things get really low again. And I, my brain doesn't work that good. So I can't remember. So like, I've been through this before. I've been maybe not this bad, maybe worse. I don't know. Like I said before, you, you know, you think it's the worst and you think it's the best and you just, you can't really remember or I can't. But I think this podcast, although I'm all over the place for, if nothing else, it will give me. Uh, something I can listen back to and like and see like the documented like okay I do have a track record with God God showed up like oh by the way like when I was a drug addict and stuff like when you do heroin like you could become physically dependent on it it's it, it's entwined into every fiber of your being like it it becomes you and then when you don't have it your body your mind everything aches when look it up right I mean it's bad right so uh and I, you know, that was my first supernatural miracle. God completely pulled that, that withdrawal effect from me. So, I mean, literally things get so bad. I like, oh, God's not even real. And it's like, well, I know he is. So <laughs> whatever. That's my podcast for today. I'm going to go now. Wow. 36 minutes. <laughs>